Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Welcome, welcome, New Covenant Worship Center. We are here live in the building. We apologize for the delay. We had some technical difficulties, but we are here. We're going to push through. We know how to make adjustments and be able to go forward and still yet bring you the word of God this morning. Listen, I need you guys to share this immediately. We are on my personal page. I need you to share this with your family and friends. Begin to tag somebody. Let them know that we are on the air this morning to bring you prayer, praise and worship, and the word of God. So come on, right in your homes, begin to saturate the atmosphere. Begin to begin to allow the Holy Spirit to come in. Come on, let's give the Lord a hand praise in the building. I don't know about you, but I'm still excited about Jesus. I'm still excited about we're here in this third Sunday in the year of 2021. God has graced us to see. And so we're going to just lift up the name of Jesus this morning. We're going to magnify him. We're going to exalt him. So Heavenly Father, we come before you to give your name all the thanks this morning. We come to praise you. We come to worship you, Father God. We come to exalt you as King of kings and Lord of lords, Father. And Lord, we just ask that you will come into this place on this morning. God, fill this place with your glory. God, fill this place with your power, with your anointing, with your wisdom on today, Father God. That Lord, we are yielded to you this morning, God, as we ask that you will fill us up on today, God. Fill us with your power, God. Fill us with your glory, God. Fill us with the power of your anointing like never before, Father God. Lord, we ask that you will fill our homes, God, for every place, God, where there are people that are watching at a distance, God, that you will begin to saturate the atmosphere, Father God, that, Lord, your Holy Spirit, God, shall be conducive to move freely in their homes on today, Father God, as, Lord, we come this morning, God, with the spirit of expectation, God, that, Lord, we're going to continue to lift your name up. We're going to continue to exalt you this morning, God. We're going to praise you and worship you, Father God, and magnify your holy name, God, for there is no name where men shall be saved but by the name of Jesus Christ. God, your name is great. Your name is worthy to be praised. Your name is holy on today, Father God. And Lord, we just call upon you on today, God, but we need your help today, God. We need your guidance today, Father God. We need your wisdom, your understanding on today, Father God. Lord, we need your compassion, your loving kindness on today, God, to minister to us on today, Father God, that Lord, you will begin to have your way like never before, God. Bring forth your power today, God. Bring forth your authority on today, Father God, that your Holy Spirit, God, shall move freely amongst us right now in the name of Jesus, God. Lord, we thank you on today, God, that Lord, we had a mind to come in, God, to praise you, to worship you, to give you honor today, Father God. And Lord, we ask you, Father God, that you will pour out your spirit on today, Father God, that you're bringing forth healing, God. You're bringing forth deliverance today. You're bringing forth transformation on today, God, that lives are being changed, God. Hearts are being mended on today, Father God. Relationships are being restored today, God. Lord, healing is being made manifest, God, as you're removing, God, Lord, every form of this coronavirus out of the earth, realm, God. We ask that you, Father God, to begin to heal and deliver, Lord, those who have been impacted by this virus, God, that, Lord, you will restore the capability of their lungs, God. You will restore their breathing, God. You will restore their bodies fully on today, Father God. Remove the headache, remove the fatigue, God. Remove every symptom attached to these particular virus on today, God. That, Lord, you're supernaturally healed. God, but you said that by your stripes we are healed on today, God. And Lord, we love you today. We honor you today. We glorify you today, God. But Lord, you are worthy of the praise, God. You're worthy of the honor, God. 
And Lord, we call for blessing in our homes, God. That you're blessing our marriages, God. You're blessing our children, God. You're blessing our finances, God. You're blessing, God. Everything that we touch, God, it shall begin to prosper on today, Father God. That, Lord, your power is flowing in us and through us on today, Father God. That, Lord, your word is coming alive like never before, God. We trust you today. We lean upon you on today, God. That, Lord, you will make our way easy on today, God. You're going to begin to open up doors of opportunity for us, God. I call for the spirit of entrepreneurship, God, for this year of 2021, God. Every person that has a dream, a vision, God, to set out to go forth and open their business, God. I pray that you put running in their feet, God. I pray that you give them the resources, God. Give them the financial plan, God. Give them the business plan, God. Give them the strategy, God, that, Lord, they will see great success in this year of 2021, God. We call for financial freedom, God, that we will be the debt-free people on today, Father God, that you will supply all of our needs according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. God, we expect miracles, God. We expect signs and wonders today, God. And Lord, we lean on you on today, Father God, that you are the author and the finisher of our faith, God. You are our all in all on today, Father God. There is nothing lacking in us on today, God. But you said we shall be the lender and not the borrower, God. We shall be above only and not beneath, God. We shall be the head and not the tail, Father God. We receive that word today, God. We walk in that power, God. We walk in that authority on today, Father God. And Lord, we call ourselves blessed on today, God. We are blessed people on today, God. I am blessed on today, God. I am prosperous, God. I am healed. I am delivered. We call it forth right now in the name of Jesus. We call those things that be not as though they were. I dare you to put that in your comments. I am blessed. I am healed. I am delivered. We have to believe the report of the Lord on today, God. I'm not looking at my circumstance. I'm not looking at how it looks in the natural, but I'm walking by faith and not by sight on today, God. Move by your power, Holy Ghost. We need you right now. We need your anointing, God. We need your presence, God. Stir us up this morning, God. Stir up the gift of the prophetic. Stir up the gift of faith in this house, God. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. As the sound comes, listen, our man may not look accustomed the way you normally look at it, but I thank God for the gift upon Brother Marcus life that he can be versatile and he can switch it up. And I thank God for the praise and worship team as they'll be able to flow this morning as the Holy Spirit leads them. God, give us wisdom this morning. Give us melodies from heaven this morning. Give us the words that you would have for your people to be encouraged, to be uplifted, to be able to go forward. That God, we hear your voice this morning. Block out everything that's not like you. Anoint the musicians' fingers, God, as they play. Anoint their hands, God. Anoint their ears as they hear in the spirit. Block out every distraction. God, we're gonna go higher this morning. We're going to get intimate with you. We don't have to have a set schedule. We don't have to have a set song set. But we're going to allow your Holy Spirit and the angels from heaven to begin to invoke us this morning and to begin to set the atmosphere for praise and worship to go forth. I need you to lose yourself in his presence this morning right in your home. Remove the distractions, whatever thing that may block you from getting into his presence. Let the Holy Spirit come in right now. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. Come on, we set a fire in this place. Hey, hey, hey. 
worship him, hallelujah, Jesus. cheerful givers, those that will give willingly with a cheerful heart. So this morning, as you're preparing your tithes and offering, uh, you can go to our website at www.newcovncwc.com and you can click the give tab and you can give at our website. Those of you all who have the Easy Tide app, you can go to Easy Tide. You can click the give tab for our tithes and offering. Listen, today we are still sowing toward our vision of Outreach 2021. The first quarter, our first assignment, we're going to be sowing into seniors. We're going to pick 10 seniors randomly. People are going to submit their names, and we're going to be a blessing to 10 seniors and bless them with $200 to encourage them in whatever bills they may have, whatever things may be going on. There are some seniors that have some need at the end of the month. They have prescriptions. They have rent. They got light bills. They got gas bills. There are some self-sufficient seniors that live by themselves. And some people may know some of those who are 65 and older. And so we're just looking to sow into that and encourage our seniors in this year of honor. So we're sowing towards tithes and offering and the outreach 2021 uh, on this particular Sunday. If you do not have any of those technological means to sow, you can sow your seed and through the United States Postal Service, 2423 Glenwood Avenue, Joliet, Illinois, 60435. And we appreciate every seed that you guys sow, every tither, every offering giver, every seed sower. We love you and we appreciate you. So come on, get your tithes and offering ready. And while you're giving, I'm going to give. Amen. Amen. I can't ask you to give and I'm not a willing participant. Amen.
Those of you who are in the building, if you need an envelope, please raise your hand. If you're in the building and you need an envelope, please raise your hand. Brother Chance will get you an envelope this morning. ready in the building, you can proceed to the rear to sow your seed. Praise. Come on, let's bless the offering this morning. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for every time, every offering, every seed that was sown today, Father God. Lord, we pray that you will continue, to, Lord, to release your blessings upon your people, God, that we will have the ability, Lord, to give and to sow into your work of your kingdom, Father. Lord, we pray that you bless those that may not have had it to give on today, God, that they will be able to give on next time, God. We call for overflow, increase, and unexpected income as we sow today, God, believing, God, that whatsoever we give, it shall be given back to us, pressed down, shaken together, running over, shall men give into our bosom, God. We believe your word, and we release your anointing over the seeds that's been sown, and that will continue to be blessed for the building and the work of the ministry into your glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Listen, uh, real quick, uh, quick announcements that we all uh, know our daily, weekly routine. Uh, Monday will be in Marriage Tips Monday at 8.30 p.m. on Facebook Live. You can follow my page and those of y'all who are not a part of our private group, you can go to Love, Sex, and Marriage uh, and ask for an invite to be a part of that particular group for married couples, engaged couples, amen. And then on Tuesday, we have men's prayer at 8.30 p.m. on the phone conference line. And Wednesday is Word and Prayer Wednesday, 6 a.m. and 6 p.m. I'm telling you, those words have been encouraging. They've been blessed. 6 a.m. and 6 p.m., those ones who have been assigned to uh, minister the Word and pray, it's been a blessing. So follow us. Stay connected to us. And Thursday, will be in Bible study. Um, the last Thursday of this month. You do not want to miss the last Thursday of this month. We're going to have a very special guest. We're going to be doing something a little bit different in our format. Um, we're going to have a special guest here, and uh, we're going to be sharing uh, about the heart of honor and how it is to honor uh, your children and honor your parents when you work in the ministry. So it's going to be a very special guest that's going to be here on the last Thursday. You do not want to miss. It's going to be an awesome time uh, in the things of God on that particular Thursday. So, listen, we're in expectation for the move of God in this place, and I'm excited about what God is doing at New Covenant Worship Center. We are here in the building, and we are here in the Heart of Honor Part 3. Amen. I'm telling you, this series has been blessing us. It's been encouraging us, and we've been learning and growing uh, and gaining understanding to what God wants us to know concerning the Heart of Honor. And um, these first couple of weeks we've been talking about having a heart of God and having a heart of honor towards God and know what that looks like and honoring him, building that relationship with him, valuing him, placing him uh, in the position of having priority in our life. And that's what honor means. Honor means to value, to esteem, uh, to respect someone, to place a certain value and authority upon their life, upon that particular person. 
And I believe that if we get to the mindset to have a heart of honor toward God, we'll be able to function and be able to allow honor to move into, into the other areas of our life. There are so many blessings tied to honor. And I think that people have missed out on the blessings that are tied to honor because God begins to teach us and uh, to show us the value of that as we value and esteem others more than we esteem ourselves. The scripture tells us that, that we should esteem our brother and sister more than we esteem ourselves. And if we have that mindset of being meek and humble, it will create an atmosphere where we can continue to grow in the things of God even the more and to have greater and more powerful relationships here in the earth where we won't have so much chaos. We won't have so much envy, so much strife, so much rebellion against the things of God. But it's our responsibility uh, to be the teacher and be the example of what honor looks like. We can't be believers in God and not honor God and not show forth the example of knowing how to give him honor and expect the world to be drawn to us and to expect the world to say, I want to have that lifestyle. I want to have that particular uh, relationship that you have. So we have to create an atmosphere and be intentional about honoring God in order to draw people in. And because we want to reverence him, we want to honor him, we want to esteem him. And we've lost that in the earth because we dishonor God in so many ways. The country of the United States of America and this particular Western culture at large has disowned biblical principles. And because biblical principles have been disowned, we have seen a greater rise of dishonor and disrespect to those in authority, to parents, to those who are uh, supervisors. In every entity, we see dishonor, disrespect, because there has been a lack of value placed on each other. We have become so self-centered, so self-righteous, and so prideful that the life or uh, we don't we don't value the next person's life. We don't value uh, uh, treating them with the, the mutual respect that we expect to be treated with. And so we have to change our mindset. We have to change our particular posture and our position and to begin to grow to honor God so that we can honor our people, honor each other, and create an atmosphere that will bless us. And so today we're going to talk about uh, parents honoring, I mean, children honoring their parents. Um, I, I think that this is something that if we grab hold to this and teach this to our children, because our children represent our communities and the next generation of what family is going to look like. And if we instill in them the values of God at an early age, it will begin to give them the uh, head start, to give them the mindset to understand that when they have children, they'll instill those values in them. They'll impart those values in them. They'll begin to share of the goodness of God, of how my parents showed me and gave me the example of honoring God. And so we have to begin to uh, teach, instruct, and encourage our children in the ways of God and to allow them to know what their responsibility is in honoring their parents. This particular uh, passage of scripture uh, is noted in a few places throughout the Bible. Uh, and one of the first places, as, as we're going to know, let's go to Deuteronomy uh, chapter 5 first before we even get to Ephesians. Let's go to Deuteronomy 5. We're going to hit a few scriptures today. I'm not going to be before you long. We just want to minister a few things and encourage you on this morning. Is that all right? So Deuteronomy chapter 5, I'm in the Amplified version today. Here we see where God has given Moses uh, the Ten Commandments. Uh, he's given the Ten Commandments to the children of Israel. 
Uh, he's given them some guidelines, some, some rules, some things that, that, that need to be in place in order to help assist them to live a successful life. What has happened is society has become rebellious against structure. Let me say that again. Society has created an atmosphere where we have become rebellious against structure. It's as almost as though you can do whatever you want to do, how you want to do it, and it does not matter how it affects you or anybody else as long as I've had liberty to do as I please and do what I want to gratify myself. But God saw something in the children of Israel as they were being delivered and coming out of Egypt and in the place of the wilderness. Um, God was seeing that there were some things that had happened, some things that had transgressed, that, that had transpired within the earth realm. And God saw fit to say, we need some guidelines. We need some structure. We need some things that will be in position so that we can create an atmosphere in the earth where people can get along. Where people will have some structure, people will have some guidelines and some rules to be able to keep things at peace in the earth. So we know that in some of those commandments, he begins to share that thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt honor the Lord thy God and love the Lord God with all their heart and all thy strength. Uh, he begins to share how you should not have any other gods before me because he saw that when they were in the wilderness and we uh, talked about, I believe, in Sunday school. We didn't mention it, but we were in that particular area past the scripture in Exodus when Moses had went up to the mount. And then as he was gone so long, the children of Israel began to now create a golden calf and to create an image and to begin to worship that image because they had thought Moses had died on the mount because he had been gone so long. And they decided we're going to create something that we can worship and something that we believe that will replicate or I mean that will resemble or reflect the image of God and so God says listen you cannot create an image and you cannot make these particular idols and worship them he said I am a jealous God God wants our full attention God wants all of us God wants us to know that he is the one that wakes us up every morning he is the one that starts us on our way he is the one that gives us the mind the skill set the talents the abilities to do what we do in yes. the earth it's all because of God and when we understand that and keep that in the forefront of our mind, it gives us an opportunity to be able to live a life that is going to be pleasing to him and a life that is going to be beneficial for us. Yes. I want a life that's pleasing to him and I also want a life that's going to be beneficial to me. I want all the benefits that God has when I honor him. When I'm honoring God in the proper mindset and I'm giving him the honor and the proper position in my life, I want the benefits that come along with that. And so when you see these particular commandments being given, it's not to put. See, what, what has happened is people think that structure and regulations and rules are to bind you. Uh, come on. <laughs> come on, that's good. People think that rules and regulations are to bind you or to suffocate you to take away your liberty. Yeah. But when we were in the garden and Adam and Eve had sinned and they had become disobedient, God said he had to now create a particular hedge around the tree of knowledge of good and evil because now I have to remove them from the place of getting access to something that they're not ready for or they can't handle or they didn't actually have the right to, but they had now illegally tapped into it. Come and on. so in order to prevent them from growing and getting knowledge that that us, the, the, the creators of the universe, the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, he said, I now have to put a flame around that thing. I got to now put a hedge around that thing to protect them because you have to understand the very thing that you may think is good for you may be harmful to you if 
if yes. nobody has set some parameters and some boundaries, you have to know that that's dangerous. And we learn those particular effects as children. When we were coming, at, uh, coming up as babies, you become inquisitive and you become curious. And so there were times when you would take your finger and put it in the socket. And what would your parents do? Your parents would say, no, that's not good. And say, you can't touch that because why? They knew what electrical current was flowing through that socket and they didn't want to put you in harm's way. And so as, as, as time progressed, along with my nieces and nephews were coming up and they are a little bit younger than me and I had the responsibility to watching them and various things of that nature. So they had these particular safety plugs that they put in sockets. See, when I was a baby, they didn't have that. They had the little plastic prong and the plastic thing that you would put to cover the socket because they saw how many children, when they get to that crawling stage and they get to that inquisitive age, they would go in and try to, you know, touch that area. And so we put preventive measures in place yeah. to protect them and to keep them from harm's way. And so you, that child would think that I want to do this because I have liberty and I'm exposing myself to an area that I've never been around before. I'm around here crawling on the, uh, crawling on the ground and I'm seeing things I didn't see before because I didn't have the mobility that I used to, that I had. I've never had this type of mobility and this access to the freedom. And so what happens is we can abuse freedom if we don't understand that freedom has access to certain things, but I have to know there are boundaries and there are regulations attached to my freedom. Freedom. Come on. Just because your car particular speedometer has 120 miles on it, the law says that you're legally only supposed to go 55, 65, or 70, or 75, whether what state you're in, what the high or max speed limit is. You have to be able to now regulate yes. and to begin to now create that boundary because if you try to go 120 miles an hour in a 55 mile per hour zone, you put yourself in danger of creating an accident that's not just only going to affect you, but will affect other people. So so I'm trying to get you to understand that when, when God was giving the commandments to the children of Israel, this was in position to create boundaries and to create protective things and protective measures so that they can continue to build their relationship with God and they wouldn't have anything that would remove them from his presence. Because you don't understand that when I get into sin, it removes me from the presence of God because God said he will not have sin in his eyesight. He will not have those particular things in his presence. And so I have to be willing to obey the commands. I'm not supposed to steal. I'm not supposed to cover my neighbor's wife. I'm not supposed to cover my neighbor's property. I'm not supposed to lie or bear false witness. I'm supposed to honor my parents and to begin to uh, show them the thing of honoring them so that why? my days can be long upon the earth. Now, this particular command that we see has an attachment of blessing to it. None of the other commands have an attachment of blessing to it that is written out. But we know we can imply because if you know if you steal, the result of that or the consequence of that is you go to jail. If you murder, the consequence of that is that you will be able to go to jail. If you now get into a position and you bear false witness, you can be in a position if you're in court and you're lying, you can be charged with perjury. I'm just trying to help you get some plain understanding of what the particular commandments and how these particular things are effective and how we should look at them, how we should view them, because this creates us to have a heart to honor God. Because we cannot look at them in a negative aspect. We cannot look at them as like, I've been placed in bondage because children and people 
people have become so rebellious, they don't want structure. They don't want order. They don't want regulations and rules. And this is why so many of them cannot hold a job because as soon as the supervisor raised their voice at them, they said, you're not going to talk to me like that, and I quit. How many times has someone raised their voice at you and you had to stand in that position of holding on to that job because you didn't have another job to go to? You had a family to feed. You had children to feed. You got to suck up your pride and begin to understand I'm here for a greater cause. I'm not here to make friends and make buddies. I'm not here to be friends with my supervisor. He's here to supervise me and if I get out of place and not doing my job properly, there may be a rising of the voice or there may be some intense conversation that has to be had, had and held and so we have to know, not in a disrespectful demeaning manner, but these people and our children have become so as I love Deion Sanders, he said we're raising a generation of cats. Now what he's referring to is he has now become the head coach of Jackson State University's football team and because he's taking this position and he's talking about the young men he said I'm looking for dogs to come in. Now he's using that particular metaphor and analogy to begin to understand the tenacity that a dog has, the particular ferociousness of a dog, the particular confidence of a dog. See you have to know what that represents. He said I'm looking for dogs and he said we're raising a generation of cats. Because we have now allowed our sons, our men, to be caressed and cuddled longer than they should be. I'm not going to get no help in this sanctified Baptist Pentecostal Lutheran Church of God in Christ Church this morning. I'm trying to help you because if you're going to be on the football field, I don't need a cat. I need a dog. If you're going to be on the wrestling mat, I don't need a cat. I need a dog. If you're going to be on the baseball field, I don't need a cat. I need a dog. And what he's saying is, I want you to understand the capability of your mental capacity because you have to have a mental strength that supersedes your physical strength. See, I'm looking at somebody who when I get up in your face as a coach, you don't become weak and become afraid and timid and begin to run off because the coach has raised his voice at you. I need somebody that has some ability to stand flat-footed and receive the correction, receive the word of encouragement, receive the, 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 the uh, uh, critical, uh, constructive criticism in order to help you become a better athlete. But what happens is when you have a cat mentality, when somebody challenges you to do better, your first instinct is to run. Your first instinct is to hide. Your first instinct is to get out of harm's way. And so we're creating an inner, a generation of children and young people that have a cat mentality. And everybody's so quick to give up. This is why divorce rates have increased. This is why separation rates have increased. Nobody has the dog in them to be able to stand up and to deal with the challenge. We're weak-minded and we're not able to have adversity because we've created an atmosphere of cat mentality. I need some dogs to rise up. I need some dog mentality people to get into the place. Then I love the fact that I believe Joyce Meyer talked about that bulldog faith. You know when a bulldog grabs a hold of you, it's not going to let go until it gets what it wants. See, that's the kind of faith we got to have in the earth. That's not the kind of faith we got to impart in our children. Go after that thing with all you got. Don't you give up because you got adversity. Don't you quit because something didn't go your way. Don't you give up because you didn't make the team. You got to keep on pushing forward. You got to keep on pressing forward. Don't allow the enemy to snatch your zeal, to snatch your heart. You got to keep on moving. Oh my God. Listen, this ain't in my message. I'm just allowing the Holy Spirit to move. But what happens, we've created this atmosphere. And so now, children don't have a, 
a value of respecting their parents because we've allowed them to be disrespectful. We've allowed them to dishonor because what has happened is in the Western culture, we have allowed our children to become our friends. And let, let, me, let, me, let me validate this and let me help you. Uh, on the show, uh, Ready to Love, I believe it was last season, it was a young lady on there and she was, had been coming to her early 40s. And she had been divorced. And when she got divorced, her child was young. Young age, seven, eight years old, something like that. But she said out of her own mouth, she said, I gave up everything to raise my daughter. And now she's an adult. Her daughter's like now 22, 21 years old. And I've given everything to her. And I've neglected me finding love. And now I'm 42 trying to find a relationship. Because she said, my daughter became my best friend. No, my child is never my best friend. My child is my child. And when I understand that if they understand their position, they can understand my position. See, what happens is we've confused positions. And this is why the Western culture has been, we've diluted the authority and the principles of the Bible because we have now shifted so many positions. We don't understand the value of the father's voice. This is why we discredit the father and we push them out of the home. And we begin to now separate them by putting them in a position because they make bad choices and then they stay in those bad choices. And now we have now a dis we have a, a disadvantage and a now dysfunctional family look looking uh, a family setting and it looks like it, it cannot be restored. But we got to get back to the place of allowing God to come into our relationship, allowing God to come into these men of God's life, allowing God to come into these young women of God's life in order to give them the understanding of what it means to value honor so that we can stop the rebellious cycle of dishonoring parents. It's a cycle because now she said out of her mouth, she's my best friend and she was one of the first ones to get eliminated because now she doesn't know how to interact with another adult, doesn't know how to interact with somebody of her own age because she's been so busy raising her child. It's, I'm not saying you're not supposed to raise your child, but at some point you got to realize, I learned this from one of, the, one of the marriage coaches that taught us. He said, you only steward over your children. So you give, it's a certain point period of time that you have them. You steward over them. And there's a certain time that they have to be released. I'm teaching good and y'all ain't hearing me. I, I know I'm going, I ain't got to the scripture, but the Holy Spirit just shared me some things. In the animal kingdom, no baby is born to stay on the mother's nipple. I'm hood, I say nipple. All my Ebonics black folk understand what I'm saying. Nipple. Nipple, if you want to be uh, correct in the pronunciation, but I'm from Inglewood, it's nipple to me. So listen. I've never seen a baby animal that has been born that I don't know no I don't know I don't know any animals that at some point are not pushed out of the nest that are not pushed out of the comfort zone of their mother and their parents we are the only particular creation that keeps on puddling and allowing them to suck on the nipple and what we have created is a generation of sucklings that become vampires. Yeah. And what happens when 
generation of vampires, they are always constantly looking for blood. And the only way that you can get blood is that you wound me. So now children wound parents with their words, with their actions, with their decisions, with their choices. And now I bleed. And because I've allowed them to be on the nipple too long, they become vampires and suck life out of me. And I don't know how to live beyond the place of raising them. And I become abandoned. I lose my identity. I lose who I am. And now I'm stuck. Because why? I've invested all this time in a vampire that really is not concerned about my growth or concerned about my well-being because I raise a selfish alien. I raise a selfish heathen that does not understand the word of God or the value of God. And I want to blame everybody else. Baby, it ain't the TV. It ain't the internet. It's the stuff you put in. So, so, so. So now, so now, so now, so now, I've created these sucklings, but in the kingdom, in the animal kingdom, I've never seen a full-grown male lion still walking around with his mama. I've never seen a full-grown elephant walking around cuddling under the mama's elephant. I'm in a position where, because God created the animals like he created us. There's certain makeup that resembles the animal. And certain DNA and certain characteristics. This is why you can train your dog. I've been coming to people's relationship on my route where they have become so uh, attached to their dog. There's nothing wrong with that because people go attached. They become family. But what has happened, one one of the customers was telling me, he said, the dog hurt his leg. And as soon as he took the dog to the vet, the vet wanted to put the dog to sleep. But he said, I can't allow that because my wife is so in love with this dog. That's not the first remedy. He said, is it something else you can try? They said, we can give him a shot to help him with his pain, and we can wrap his leg up and help him walk because he had a bad leg. He said, but the dog wasn't that old to even be talking about being put down. So he said, when the dog would get home, he would start looking different. He started feeling like he had almost died. So he had started having emotional detachment because he didn't know what his master was going to do with him. He didn't know whether his life was going to be taken prematurely. So he started having these sad eyes. And he began to describe how he would start looking and changing his emotional state. Because why? That dog has been around adults and they gravitate and they begin to resemble and act like what they see. Get no help in here. So if that is the case for an animal and for a dog that you can train and they pick up on your traits, how is much more than your children pick up on your traits? And you being the example of showing forth the God, of honoring him, of, of, of showing forth the respect to God. They need to see you knowing that God, I love God. They need to hear you say, I love God. I, I love my relationship with God. I love going to church. I love being in fellowship with the saints. All your conversations can't be negative about the people of God and that's all they hear. I don't like sister such and such. I don't like brother so and so. You can't allow that stuff to infiltrate the ears of your children because they come biased based on your perception and they ain't had no interaction. And what happens is they grow up like that and now when they don't have a particular understanding or relationship with a person, they assume how someone looks at them and now they begin to condemn themselves 
and have low confidence and have low self-esteem. Why? Because they think somebody's always talking about them. Ain't nobody talking about you, child. Nobody's speaking about you. Just because they got your social media handle don't mean they dislike you. Just because they called your name out of your right name and now they don't just they dislike you. You gotta begin to grow some tough skin. That's why I gotta raise up some dogs and I need to kill all these cats. Oh my God. Oh my God. This ain't nowhere in my notes. I ain't even read the scripture. But I feel the Holy Ghost. Because if we don't rise up and stand up now, if we don't make a stance now, where would the generation be? Where would our grandchildren be? You need to ask the question, where are my great kids going to be in? If I don't create an atmosphere right now, for the things of God, because everything in the society is pushing God out of it. If they don't allow us to teach homosexuality in the classroom in the state of Illinois, but you can't teach somebody how to pray, but you can't teach somebody how, how to have a bank account, you can't teach them how to invest in the stock market, but you can teach them how to sleep around with somebody, when does sex become a part of the education of who you have intercourse with? Sex, when I came up, the only education was a penis and a vagina. That's all you needed to know. You had a penis and a vagina. You learned the correct terminology because you was a kid called the Ding Dong, Wee Wee, uh, the little hole in the middle, whatever you wanted to call it as a child. All I did in sex education was learn the proper pronunciation of what it was called because my mama didn't call it a penis. She said, get your Wee Wee out, boy, and go pee. Am I being too blunt or can I just be real today? Because I, I, mean, I don't need you to stop acting like this thing is all. I, I, little Isaiah just came out the booth. I got a witness. I know I'm preaching good now. Come on, man. I need, come on. Come on. Help me preach this thing, man. Where my dogs at? I hear you in the back. Come on. I love this. Oh, oh my God. Y'all need to be in the building. I need to be in the building. I need somebody to put in the comments. Let the dogs loose. Let the dogs loose. The dogs loose. Oh, my God. Listen. So now. <laughs> I got one baby kitten in here. It's all right. We're going to rebuke it and cast it out. We're loosing dogs in the place. So listen. So, so we, so we accepting things and receiving things that are contrary to God's plan for our life. And so this is why God spoke to Moses and he began to put these commandments in place. Let's read the scripture, y'all, because I gotta get out of here. It's 1059. I'm gonna y'all give me about another 15 minutes, we're gonna get out of here. Listen, Deuteronomy chapter 5. First place we see this. Uh, we're in the Amplified Version. It, in chapter 5, verse 16. He says, this is a commandment Moses has been given from the Lord, a part of the Ten Commandments. He says, honor, respect, obey, care for your father and your mother as the Lord your God has commanded you. Now, this is not a decision or a choice. It's a command. All right. yes. See, we have allowed children to have too many choices and not obey commands. We've given them too many options. When I was coming up, you didn't have an option. For dinner, we're having macaroni and cheese, fried chicken, cabbage, and a piece of cornbread. Mommy, 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 I don't like cabbage. Mommy, mommy, I like baked chicken. Mommy, mommy, I like biscuits and not cornbread. So now, from old generation, you had to just eat what was in front of you because mama said, baby, this is what we're having. 
This is what you got to eat. Now, if you don't like it, you can go to bed hungry. Now, she didn't care about telling you to go to bed hungry because it was not her business how your belly was acting for you. Because she has provided a meal for you. But now what we do, we bake Johnny, bake chicken. We make him a, uh, some rice. And we make him a biscuit. And so now they become privileged to think that choices are always available to them. And when you begin to allow people to have multiple choices at a young age, now once you become adults, if the job is required for you to work from 11 to 7, and now you say, I got to get off at 6 o'clock because my baby got to be such and such. No, you signed up for 11 to 7. There's no choice in that. There's no option in that. This is what is required. Oh, my God. I'm not going to get no help in here. I got Deacon Jerry in the back. He's going to shout his mask off. I'm telling you, God is good. Listen. So he says, oh, my God. He said, so that your day, let me start from the beginning. Honor, respect, obey, care for your father and your mother as the Lord your God has commanded you. Now, I don't even have time to stop at the other first part of this because all we teach first is to honor your mama. Well, it's real quiet. Come on. I'm just telling you because that's because the scripture names the father first. The reason why father's name first, you missed it. The seed is before the egg. God didn't create the woman first. He created the man. Y'all ain't going to hear me. So seed, because if I don't have a seed, I can't make a child. Seed comes first. That's why he says, I'm a father. And see, we... That's another lesson. I wish y'all could understand biblical culture and you can understand Eastern culture. When I speak to my Muslims and Muslim friends, their culture teaches that the father is to be honored and esteemed at a certain level. That's their mindset. That's how they're geared. They'll take care of their father. Not saying that they're neglecting the mother, but they understand the value of father because fathers carry seed. They carry legacy. And so, that's another lesson. I got time. I got to go Honor, respect, obey, care for your father and your mother as the Lord God has commanded you. So that what your days on where the earth may be prolonged and so that it may go well with you in the land which the Lord your God gives you. So God said, if you're going to go into the promised land, if you want to go into the place where God has called, where I've called for you to go, I need you to now encourage your children to honor you, to obey you, to care for you. As a command. But I love this because God says, if your children do this, he says, so that it may go well with you in the land. So in other words, it can go well with the children and it can go well with you so that why we have an atmosphere that's conducive for the love of God to be taught, for the love of God to be a reflection. The family should be a reflection of heaven in the earth. Y'all missed that. The family should be a reflection of heaven in the earth. Because that relationship between husband and wife, that's as the, uh, the Apostle Paul began to illustrate. <clears throat> he began to talk about how that relationship, as we as the uh, husband, is the, is, 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 is the groom. Right. Excuse me, the bridegroom. <laughs> I got some water, give me one second. Stop. I'm gonna keep shouting. Listen. Okay. 
Y'all ready? He said, so that your days on the earth may be prolonged. Now, this is, this is, so children, honor your parents that your days may be prolonged. So what this means to me, if I dishonor and I don't obey, it can shorten my days. Is that kind of like, what that, is that kind of a mutual understanding of what the scripture is, is saying? Amen. So that your days on the earth <clears throat> may be prolonged. So that, listen to this, it may go well with you. Some children is not going well with them because they have dishonored their parents. You're trying to figure out why am I having a hard way? Why am I being, why am I having all these challenges? Why am I having all these problems in my life? Have you been in a position to keep dishonoring your parents and dishonoring your, your, your mother and your father? Because now your way is not going well. It's being, it's a rough world now. It's a rough road. It's a road that has hills and lumps and mountains and speed bumps. All these various things because why well, I've dishonored my parents. But what happens is, oh my God, I'm, because we've raised a generation of cats, cats don't take responsibility for their actions. They don't want to be accountable for their choices. They want to keep blaming you. Well, you did this, or you didn't do that, or you told me this, or you talked to me like that, or you did this to me. How can I blame? My parent, who was not with me when I went to the liquor store, underage, bought the liquor, got in the car, drove the car, hit the big old speed hole, the, the hole in the street, and cracked my daddy's engine and to, until he died. I only think I told him. I made him think that I hit the hole and I was under the influence. I was, I was under the influence. That's why I hit the big old hole in the street and cracked the whole frame of the engine and that joke had to be some, had to be fixed. I, didn't, I I said I just hit a hole. Damn. The hub cap was lost. <laughs> but when that joke got to the shop, they said it had a crack. Whatever you call it, brother Marshall, we can The crack manifold. What you call that? Uh, wow. The oil pan. Not the oil pan. No, uh, uh. It was in the engine. I cracked the engine. It was a, it was a the engine block. Yeah, it, yeah. It was a crack. I tore that hole up. Baby. It was a big. I mean, we in Chicago. It's late at night, 2 o'clock, 1 o'clock in the morning. I'm with my friends in the car. We're drinking Mad Dog 2020. Can y'all just be real in here and be free? I'm talking about some stuff I did that was disobedient. How am I going to blame that on my parent that I made the decision to go out there and buy liquor, drink, underage, do the stuff, drive, drink, and get myself in this whole thing and, and, and now blame it on somebody else? No, I did that. My decision did that. I chose to do that. I had to be accountable for that. And so I didn't own up to it to him, but I knew I did it. <laughs> I lied on through the left. You know, let the lie roll on through. Thank God for grace, it was able to be fixed. You know, it wasn't, you know, it cost a little bit of change, but you know, God graced it. Amen. <laughs> you know, praise God. That, he got rid of that car a little bit after that. It was God bless you. It's good. But so they would go well through in the land. Which your Lord, your God gives you. So now let's go to let's go to Ephesians chapter six, and we're gonna close. I ain't got time to read those scriptures today. I don't want to keep it. Go to Ephesians. Now my sister's watching her. They're like, "What? That was you? You did that?" <laughs> yep. Some stuff I told, you know, after I got old enough and grown enough, I let them know I did. You know, when I used to sleep, when I snuck out the house, out the back door, took the car, put it back in the garage, and they didn't know nothing about it being moved. 
Y'all don't know nothing about that stuff. <laughs> Young children, listen. <laughs> so Ephesians chapter 6. Are we there? Here we go. Ah, oh, man, this is good. Children. Now, now we, now, now, did we just read the Old Testament, right? Now we're in the New Testament. And I'm seeing this again. Written from the Apostle Paul to the church of Ephesus. He begins to share the same thing that Moses had shared with the children of Israel back in the Old Testament. So here we go. Children, obey your parents in the Lord. That is, accept their guidance and discipline as his representatives. For this is right, for obedience teaches wisdom and self-discipline. Oh my God. So, children, obey your parents in the Lord, that is, accept their guidance and discipline as his representatives. So, children, you have a responsibility to know that your parents are a representation of God in the earth. So, if they're a representation of him, and the Bible says that I'm supposed to Honor my mother and father, and that now I'm supposed to do all things as unto the Lord. So when they tell me to do something, that is now giving forth honor, and that is giving forth reverence to them, and it's going to help me because for this is right, for obedience teaches wisdom and self-discipline. See, we have allowed disobedience, so now we have no wisdom and no discipline. Disobedience is accepted, so our children have no wisdom. How many times have you had your, you told ask your children, you just don't have no common sense. Just don't have no common sense. I've never seen, you know, my child would do things. When I did wrong and I knew I was doing wrong, I put stuff back how I found it. They would mess up stuff, move stuff that don't belong to them. And then leave it, and I come back and say, well, you just told on yourself because you left all the evidence out here. If I did any wrong, I cleaned up. You didn't know I was in that atmosphere. You didn't know I had stepped into that environment. You would have had to search out to know if I had moved something because I placed it right back how it was. Because my daddy knew how he left something. If the, if, if, if the hammer was turned to the right, he knew it. Somebody over here messed with my hammer because my hammer turned to the left and it's, and, and it's over here on the other side of the table. He knew because he knew how things were left. And so these kids don't have no, no wisdom, no discipline because they become disobedient. It's become acceptable. So in verse 2, he says, honor, esteem, value as precious your father and your mother and be respectful to them. This is the first commandment with promise. Listen at that. This is the first commandment with the promise. So that it may be well with you and that you may have a long life on the earth. That's the promise. So the promise of obeying, honoring, respecting your parents, esteeming them. It can now go well with me and my days will be long upon the earth. Yes. Now, what happens is because we got cats, we don't want to teach the scripture. Now, I don't have time. I don't, I, my notes in my phone, I'm using my phone. I don't want, I think it was in, uh, I don't want to misquote, but it might be Deuteronomy 21. But in Deuteronomy 21, the scripture talks about if your child is lazy and rebellious, they had the right to go out in front of the city gate and stone them. Go, 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 when you get tired at home, I believe it's Deuteronomy 21. I, I, I don't have my notes in front of me. Then my phone, I just transferred them over to my iPad before I gave up the phone. But 
they talked about that lazy, rebellious child, and they were disrespectful to them. Because what happens is they said, I got to get rid of this spirit now because it's going to infiltrate other children. If I don't nip this rebellious seed in the ground and nip it in the bud right now, they're going to now influence other people around them to create more rebellious, disobedient, lazy, uh, unregenerated-minded type of children. So they had the right, and they would take their child out. The parent was willing to go out because this was a command and a part of the law of the condition of a rebellious child. Oh, we ain't going to do that. That's Old Testament. And we don't have to do it because God has given us grace where now the children, we should give them space to repent, give them space to have grace. But you have to get instruct them and teach them that, listen, honor your father and your mother and be respectful to them. This is the first command we promise. So that it may be well with you. Now, what happens is we don't believe this. That was just for in the Bible days. <laughs> principles don't change. These are principles. And when you apply the principle and you see that, look at the earth today. Look at how, your ch how children are dying at such an early age. They're not making it to 25. They're not making it to 35. They're not making it to 55. You, you, we have to understand these things. And then if they, if they live to, and, and can we just be real? I, I saw my brothers dishonor my mother and father. And things didn't go well with them. They had a hard life. And I believe they died prematurely because of the dishonor. And people don't want to own up to that. They don't want to be honest with that. But that's just the truth of the matter. I'm not, I'm not sugarcoating their dishonor. When you blatantly curse out your parent, and I ain't talking about just a D word or S, you know, or sugar honey iced tea. I'm talking about some F, some MF, some all these big words. You don't think that's going to have consequence on the well-being of your life? You don't think that's going to have an effect on when the scripture says, so that it may be well with you and that your days will be long on the earth. So if I dishonor, it creates an atmosphere to shorten my days. This is just real. And, and, and if we, if we our, our children would understand this, they would understand the value of honoring and, and not dishonoring your parents so that you things will go well with you. You wonder why you keep, it seems like you're doing right, but have you done right by your parents? Have you honored them? Have you even taken the initiative to apologize to them? But you want us to apologize to you for every time we do you wrong, but you don't never apologize to us. Because that's a rebellious mindset. Disobedient. Oh, God. My time up. I got the clothes. I'm not going to read the next verse. I'm not even going to get into it. If I, I'm going to make sure that when, I, <clears throat> when you get a chance, I believe it's Deuteronomy 21. If not, I'm going to get the scripture in my notes and I'll send it out to you. Because I, when I read that, I was like, wow. Amen. It's Deuteronomy 21. Amen. Deacon Ryan, check it for me. God bless you, brother. Listen, that's all I have. I don't want to keep you. Um, children, obey your parents. This is right. It, you, you cannot get caught up in, in, in talking about how they may be, how they may treat you. The obligation is on you to honor them. They birthed you in the world. They may not be in your presence or may not be involved in your life, but it does not give you the right to dishonor and disrespect them. And what happens is sometimes even, you know, what happens when we get grown and we say we get up age and we 35 and your mom and daddy may be 60 something and you may be 40. It, that still don't give you the right to dishonor and disrespect. 
We say we all grow. Mm -mm. It's some stuff I'm just not going to say. It's some stuff I'm just not going to do. That's my parent. That's my mother my father. I'm going to honor them. Right. And we have to begin to teach these things again so that the children will know. That's why we got to teach the word of God. Teach the scripture. And I believe that when we grab hold to this, it's going to be better for society as a whole if we grab hold to the principle. It's not going to be effective if you don't if you don't put it in the app if you don't put it in, in, into operation and apply it. Children, obey. Children, honor, respect. So the things will go well with you. He says so it can go well with you. Amen. Come on, give the Lord a hand, praise. share this last thing that I want you guys to hear. Um, the Holy Spirit gives us what we need. And sometimes um, we don't understand or we don't, we may think that we may not need something. But God gives us everything that we have need of. And he puts it in our pathway. And sometimes we just don't take advantage of it. Um, I, I'm, not, I'm saying this in a, in a place where I want you to just hear my heart. We put things in place. We lay, I lay out a vision, and I, I try to be before the Lord to get things to help us progress as a ministry. And during this pandemic, it's been hard for a lot of ministries. People have not been able to stay connected. Um, people have not been able to still feel as though they've been a part of church because they haven't been able to physically meet. But we make every opportunity to have access to being connected to the church through technology, whatever means that may be, phone call, email, uh, different things. But one of the things that I want to share is that we, you know, we have marriage six Monday and you sitting there thinking your stuff is all together and you don't never tune in. You never take the ability to take time out to get wisdom. But then every time there's a problem and an issue, when the fire is blazing, we keep saying the fire blazing, and now you want to help, help. Tuesday night, we got men's prayer call. It's normally six to eight people on the call. Three of us is the ones that's going to normally me, Pastor Glenn, and Deacon Ryan. If, if I ain't there, I can have Glenn and him fill in. And we, we, we don't want to grow in learning how to pray, learning how to have biblical principles applied to our life so that it can help us to have better choices and to make better decisions. Then we have Wednesday Word and Prayer, and now we have different topics. Self-control, uh, we talk about prosperity, we talk about the power of the tongue. Oh, I got all that, I don't need all that. You don't, may not know the topic, but it's an opportunity for you to connect. And what happens is we're not connecting to the access of the things that, we, that can help you grow spiritually. Deacon Ryan, Brother Steve Battle, uh, Brother Thomas, They'll tell you, since they've been connected to that men's prayer call, they've seen growth in their life. And am I not, am I, am I speaking properly for you, Deacon Ryan? That since we've been on that prayer call, uh, Brother Thomas in the booth, am I speaking correct that since I've been connected, that I've seen growth? And so we put things in position to help people grow. Don't get mad at me when you didn't take advantage of it. 
Don't get upset when you didn't take advantage of the things that were available to you. Don't get upset when things are falling apart around you in your home and your family because we've given you access and you choose not to do it. That's not to rebuke you. That's to encourage you that, you know what, if I, if, if I need to grow in the area, let me find out where the outlet is. Let me find out where I can stay connected because we can't meet like we normally meet. But if I want to grow and get to a better place, let me take advantage of what's been presented to me. I can't think I got it all together. I get on the prayer call on Wednesdays and try to be on at 6 o'clock and 6 p.m. I'm on the prayer call. We're doing marriage trips Monday. We got people from other states calling us to want to counsel them because these people, relationships, and different couples and different things are having challenges. I'm grateful for that. Our schedule is booked with Marriage Tips Monday. But I'm, I'm grateful for that because somebody wants to have access to it and say, you know what, I need some help. And we're allowing pride to kill us. Pride is killing us because we don't want to ask for help. And we stuck in situations that's jacked up. So now when you refuse the access to the help, you're going to get the results that you would get. I can't expect something to change for my life if I don't choose to, 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 to take advantage of the things that's available to me. Amen. So I'm just encouraging you. Begin to look and say, you know what, if I need some help in this area, need some encouragement in this area, or whatever it may be, let me tap in. Let me, let, me, let me begin to, and then don't just tap in and then you washing dishes, you washing your car, and you ain't paying attention to what's going on, so then now you can't get nothing out of it. Come on. Amen. You're doing ballerina splits and stuff, and then the men's prayer call on, and you're trying to figure out, you know, why I ain't getting nothing. You can't twerk and watch the marriage tips Monday. <laughs> get focused, pay attention, and get what you need. No, I'm just going to be real. You know you're twerking. It's all right. Nothing wrong with a little twerk. <laughs> that's, a, that's exercise. Amen? Twerk a little bit. It'll help you. Stay loose and, and mobile. Amen? Amen? God bless you, ministry. God bless you. This is Apostle Jonas Jones of the Covenant Worship Center. I'm just shouting out this disclaimer. It is me talking. Amen? I, uh, I give God praise. God has approved this message. Amen. I hope he has. Amen. And it's all well and good with him. So it's good with us. I love you all. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for following us. We appreciate you guys. Listen, we're going to keep on moving forward. And the other thing is that don't, now I said this day, everybody's going to be on there on Monday night. You got to be consistent. Amen. It's consistency. That, this is why we've been consistent with the men's prayer call. Almost over eight, nine months we've been doing it. Once a week for 30 minutes. That's it. And consistency helps us to build that, that connectivity and build that growth in our life where we can begin to encourage because it's helping my family. I got off the men's prayer call one day this week and God gave me a vision for a book to write. I went and bought the notebook yesterday, put the title of the book on there, put the author down at the bottom and signed my name because I'm getting ready to write. I got books that I got to write. But I've been, I've been slack. I've been procrastinating. I've been slowful. She, she, that's the truth. And this book that he gave me is going to be a blessing. And he, I mean, he's already, it's like, I, I know everything I want to say, but it's the part of me putting it down. And then get to the process and go through it. I ain't giving away the title. No, you can't give it away. Because somebody else will run with it. 
So we give God praise. I thank God for you guys. God bless you. Enjoy your day. Shovel a little snow. Watch a little football. And eat a couple of wings. God bless you. We'll see you next Sunday. Amen. I was about to go ahead and bring them. I was 17.